Hi, good morning, everyone. Wow, that was, that was, wow. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is John Norelli. I'm one of the pastors here. It's an honor to welcome you this morning. Welcome to Mission Vineyard. For those of you who are online, I don't know if you can see me or not, but welcome to you who are online. Uh, in the midst of this uh, uh, pandemic stuff, welcome. Thanks for walking through the tension. If you're new today, hopefully you got a welcome bag. Uh, I, want you, I want to welcome you to stand with me this morning as we begin worship. Our mission is to welcome Jesus into all of life. So if you would stand with me. And then uh, we have just a simple liturgy as we begin our service. It's just to come Holy Spirit. Those three words, come Holy Spirit. So we're welcoming the Holy Spirit. We're just saying the door of my heart is open, God. Now in the midst of all that today, I don't know if you see that we've got some uh, 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 junior hires and some elementary schoolers that are helping lead worship today. Uh, and uh, we have uh, kids that are going to be down here. We've got a room for babies upstairs. So uh, if, you, if you have a five-year-old that's feeling like, I don't want to be down here, that's sort of the limit for folks that we want upstairs. We're going to be worshiping with two songs this morning and then going into a time of communion and testimony and announcements. And then uh, we're going to continue in our last series, our last sermon in the series on the basics, uh, getting back to basics of love. So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. The doors of our hearts are open, God, this morning for you to invade and whatever we're bringing with us this morning. You're welcome, God, and we love you. Destiny, would you lead us this morning? Yes, sir.
You all can be seated. Hi, Jan. Oh, good morning. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that beautiful? Um, hi. Hi. Jan. Yeah. You gave me an email this week that kind of threw me a little bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's the reason I emailed you. <laughs> um, who, who, who knows here that sometimes when we talk to friends, family members about uh, daily events, it can get a little tense. Vaccines politics, all that kind of stuff. Anybody raise your hand if you're scared of talking to friends and neighbors about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It can be scary. It can be scary. So Jan, you emailed me this week because you had a scary conversation. What could have been scary, except I know that you're one that doesn't hold back in a couple of ways. One, you, you aren't afraid to share your opinions. The other part of that is that you're not afraid to get to the root of what's really important. And so because of those two things, you got to a really sweet place with a friend a couple of weeks ago. Right. What, what happened? Okay. So um, I had lunch with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and we went to a park. We were sitting under some really lovely trees. And uh, we were, you know, in conversation, the topic of COVID and vaccines came up and she knew that I had received the vaccine and she freely admitted that she had not received the vaccine and would not get the vaccine unless her job depended on it. And uh, so, you know, this thread of conversation went around and around and uh, near the end of that conversation, she looked at me right in the eye. She said, Jan, do you forgive me for not receiving the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, hold on just okay. one second, because okay. that's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Without saying, I don't know where you're at today, this is not what that's about. What it, this is about is we are in the midst of a world that gets to this place all the time, doesn't it? And we don't get past it. There isn't the relationship, the equity of relationship to get past that moment to welcome Jesus into it. And you have boldness and courage, and your friend had some boldness yes. and courage, yes. which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So yeah. she asked you, Jan, because there's some, she, she's identified, she said, Jan, you might have something against me. The story she's telling herself is, I'm not vaccinated, you are, so you must have something against me. Mm -hmm. So she pushes the button that is so good, that I think is so important for all of us to, to just hear. There's a, there's a place to welcome Jesus into, into it, but it takes courage and it takes boldness, and she did it with you. She did. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she said, Jan, would you forgive me? And so uh, I just kind of looked at her, stunned, and went, wow, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's this long pause, and I'm like... This is absolutely real. I mean, how many in this room are holding some things against imaginary people or against family or friends? Right? We've got some stuff that we're holding on to that we don't even know that we're holding on to unless Jesus comes in the middle of it and goes... And pokes. And pokes. <laughs> and Jesus, thank God you have holy friends who yeah. can go... Jan, right? Uh -huh. God wants to clean this out of you. Yes. So 
um, I recognized that I needed to talk to Jesus more about this. Um, so I said to her, well, since I can't immediately say, yes, I forgive you, I think I need to work through mm. some of this. Uh, so um, on the drive home, I began in conversation, working through uh, my unforgiveness issues with Jesus and talking to him about it. And it didn't happen on the drive home. It happened over the course of the week and many conversations where he was unmasking my fear, my anger, my resentment, and uh, really, you know, poking at me about those things. And so he reminded me that forgiveness is releasing the person from the debt of love they owe you. And so when I was reminded of that, it was uh, easy to release my friend from the debt of love she owed me, and I joyfully did that. Some of you may be feeling a little alienated because you're, you're wondering, are they speaking out against me here? I'm, I feel more like Jan, or I feel more like Jan's friend. Now let's, let's just wait for just a moment. There are too many moments where we have debts of love against people today. Wherever you're coming from, and Jesus wants to set us free. Whatever the issue, we, he wants to be welcomed in that place because he wants us to be set free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. And so? And so, um, the real reason I wanted to share this story yeah. is um, that I, I didn't want to receive the Lord's Supper um, without a clean conscience. And if I had unforgiveness in my heart, that was not a clean conscience. So I wanted to work through this issue so that I could uh, receive communion in an honorable way that honors his forgiveness of me. Yeah, we, we take this gluten-free cracker that tastes like styrofoam. I wish we could have some nice sourdough, I mean, and, and you all could break off a piece. But it really does represent, in a, in a really holy way, the very body of Jesus Christ. And he said, I want you to receive me in a physical way, a palpable way, to remember that my body was broken for you. Mm -hmm. And then we drink this juice. I don't know how much sugar it's in. That's why it's in such a small cup. But that we would receive it representing his blood covering over our sin, making a new covenant with us. And those moments actually are palpable moments for us. They're actually physical places of healing. We believe that God does something in this, that it's not just a representation, that there's something palpable in his Holy Spirit that he gets to do through us through this holy moment. You would you ask me, John, do you really believe that this is a sacrament? Yeah, I did ask you. It is. This is a real holy moment. So we want to look at it and take for grant, take the opportunity that we're having in this society right now to be able to break places where our hearts aren't ready to receive the fullness of who Jesus wants to give to us. He wants to give of himself to us. Physical healing in our bodies, forgiveness of sins, and just a remembrance of his love that's hard to remember if we're holding on to other stuff. So I have a couple of scriptures yes. that I'd like to read. 
Uh, these are just from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Yeah. Would you lead us sure. as we yeah. all just take a moment. Let's take a moment and examine ourselves and let God address those places where we're holding debts of love against people. And let's get set free just between you and Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. We open the doors of our hearts for you to minister. So Jesus, thank you that you've not only paid the debt that we owe to you, you've released us from paying you back that debt. All we owe you now is a debt of love, and you welcome us into the circle of that love. Lord, would you bless these elements as we receive them in your name? The bread. And the cup. Amen. Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Uh, James, could Elias use this mic here? Is that okay? Okay. So my name is Arlita Arelli. We're so glad you're here today. I'd like to introduce you to my son. What's your name, bud? Elias. You can take down your mask for right now. Okay, so um, all in Sunday, as John mentioned, is the fifth Sunday. Whenever there's a fifth Sunday in a month, we like to welcome kids and youth to participate in the service. And uh, so that's why you saw some people up here on worship team, and Elias is going to help me with announcements. So we hope you feel welcome today. Um, if you haven't been greeted warmly by 25 people, you will be by the end of the time you leave, because we, we may be small, but we are a welcoming, friendly bunch. Um, for our new visitors, we have these things, these little gift bags. Mana bags. Well, inside, what, what's the, we have something here called a mana bag. What about, what is this, Elias? Well, inside. There are peanut butter and cheese crackers. And other goodies for people that are, maybe you're driving around the city mm. and, you, <laughs> and you see um, somebody who's asking for some cash and you don't have any cash or you don't know how to help them. Um, this is a way, a practical way we can show love with our community. Um, and then there's some other information in the folder about our church, a little welcome card. You can share your name and email address and uh, we'll just send you a couple emails so you can know what's going on in the church. Speaking of food, I hope everyone likes their styrofoam and grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> so Elias likes to call the communion way for a styrofoam. But speaking of food, we are having a welcome lunch for anybody who's new to Mission Vineyard or who hasn't had a chance to learn about what Mission Vineyard is about. On September 12th, um, we are having our lunch with Mission Vineyard here um, at the museum after the service. Um, we have invitations in the back, so you can see me at the back table. But it's a great opportunity to get to know our pastors, uh, ask some questions about the church, uh, why we do the things we do, why we're here on Broadway, and then you get an opportunity to decide there afterwards how, how you can partner with Mission Vineyard. 
Um, and that will also, we'll probably, during that lunch and every Sunday between now and then and after, we'll talk about small groups. Like Elias, you went to the first, you, you're sixth grade now, so you got to go to youth group last night, right? Yep. Me and Sissy were the only kids here, there. So if you have youth, we'd love to youth to join our small groups, but we also um, have other groups for other ages and once a month groups, online groups, in-person groups. Um, so go to smallgroups.missionvineyard.org to find out more information. And then lastly, um, I'd like to pray for our tithes and offerings. It's an act of worship for many people uh, to give. Many of us give online these days, so it's not something that we think about very actively, but it's still part of our worship. And so... Uh, I just want to tell people that we have a basket on the back table. If you want to participate in your worship this morning by giving, you can do that there, or you can go online. And I'm just going to pray for the rest of our service. It's okay, would you like to pray for the rest of our service? Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the people that are here with us in person and online. And I pray, Lord, for those that are hurting, for whatever reason they are hurting, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come and meet us where we're at and that you would be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you came here today and you are a student or a teacher, uh, if you're in school or if you help in a school, if you're admin, uh, we want to pray for you this morning. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, in this season where it's just weird to be in class, it's weird to teach a class, we want to pray for you. So let me just take a moment right now. Lord Jesus, for the teachers in this room, for the administration, for college students, high school, middle school, elementary school, Lord, the season of life, it's, it's something that we've never, we've never engaged before. And so in the awkwardness of how to step forward, God, we ask for your mercy. God, for those who are helping to lead that, whether a teacher or administrator, that you would strengthen them where they feel weak, that you would fill them with life. And God, for the students, that as they uh, take whatever steps that are necessary and, and uh, God, in the awkwardness that that creates, that you would uh, strengthen them from the inside, clothe them with your light and fill them with life, that no matter what's going on, that we would be your light of love in this season, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Back to basics, folks. We need to get back to the basics. I'm engaging this last sermon in this series on back to basics, on loving God and loving our neighbors because uh, we need it, don't we? In the first week, we discovered what it meant to engage in small groups and the importance of small groups. In the second week, to engage in the church, what it means to love God and love your neighbors in the church. Some of you went to gps.missionvineyard.org and you filled out that amazing, comprehensive uh, personality profile that allows you to see God's gifts and everything operating in you. Uh, and then we talked about what it means to uh, lay down our priorities and let Jesus take the wheel of all of that last week. This week, as we engage the scripture, I'm going to read it one more time. This is Matthew 22:39. 39. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus does it for us. He fulfills that, but he still leads us to it. And he's leading us to it today. He fulfilled it in Luke 4.18. We heard the scripture last week. The spirit of the Lord is on me anointing me to bring good news to the poor, sending me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. He said, it's fulfilled in me this very day. We get to partner with him in that, in our activities with manna bags, or Rogers Academy feeding 170 kids on the weekend with snack packs. We get to do that in all the different ways that we do in, in private lives, but uh, we know that in order to experience love, it's got to be spent In order to experience God's love, it must be demonstrated. And so the scripture I want to focus on today is from Mark chapter 4, verse 21. Jesus said to them, when you bring a lamp into a room, do you put it under a bucket or under a bed? Of course not. It goes on a lampstand. No, nothing is hidden that won't be revealed. Nothing is secret that won't come to light. If you have ears, then listen. Be careful with what you hear. He went on, the scales that you use will be used for you, and more so. If you have something, you'll be given more. If you have nothing, what you have will be taken away. Before we engage this scripture and continue, I want to pray, and then I want to show us a video about what that love looks like. Lord Jesus, would you come, if I'm just speaking, then it's nothing. But if your spirit speaks, then it's life-changing, transforming. Holy Spirit, what you touch, you transform. And that's our heart this morning. Come, transform us. We want to know your love more deeply. Can we play that, play that video? For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the third key word in this prayer, how Israel is called to love their God. But what does that mean? Love is a very common word in most languages, as it is in ancient Hebrew. It's pronounced ahava. It most basically refers to the kind of affection or care that one person shows another. It sometimes describes physical affection, like the king of Persia's love for Queen Esther. But there are other Hebrew words that more specifically refer to physical desire or sex. Ahava is more broad. So Abraham had ahava for his son Isaac, that's parental love. Jonathan showed ahava for his friend David, that would be brotherly love. In fact, a whole group of people can have ahava for their leader, like when the Israelites showed love for their King David. Ahava can even describe loyalty between political allies, like Hiram, the king of Tyre, loved David. They had good relations, and so Hiram wanted to help David's son Solomon build the temple. These are all different kinds of affection described with the one word, ahava. Now, all of this is helpful for understanding God's ahava in the Old Testament. So in Deuteronomy, Moses told the Israelites, God showed affection for you. He chose you because of his ahava for you. So God doesn't love because the Israelites earned it or deserve it. It simply originates from God's own character. He loves because he loves. This is why Jeremiah can say that God's love is everlasting. It has no end because it has no beginning. God's love just is an eternal fact of the 
universe. And God's love is not a duty, it's a genuine feeling, an affection that God experiences. This is why the prophet Hosea compares God's love for his people to a husband's ahava for his wife, or to a parent showing ahava for their child. It's one of the strongest things that God feels. But that doesn't mean that God's love is just a feeling. God's love is also an action. It's something God chooses to do. Like when Moses says, because of God's ahava for your ancestors, he brought you out of Egypt with great power. God's love isn't just a sentiment, it is something God does. And so, in the Shema, Israel is called to respond to God's ahava by showing ahava in return. And just like God's love, human love is to show itself through actions. Like in Deuteronomy 10, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him and serve him and to keep his commands? All of these actions are centered around love. If I'm not doing them, I don't actually love God, I just say I do. Which leads to one last thing. In the Old Testament, I show my love for God by how I treat the people around me. In Deuteronomy, we read that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he shows ahava for the immigrants among you, giving them food and clothing. And so you also show ahava for the immigrant. So the people are to imitate God's ahava by showing ahava for others. This is the idea underneath the famous line, you shall ahava your neighbor as yourself. And so at the end of the day, all of this is rooted in God's own eternal ahava. Like we read in the New Testament letter of 1 John, we love because God first loved us. And that's the Hebrew word, ahava. God's love is meant to be so deep because it comes from him. We don't have his love by ourselves. We can't ramp it up. We can't create it. God's love is demonstrated to us first. We love because he first loved us. And then that love is meant to be shared around, not out of our own strength, but from him. I was talking with friends and, and over and over again and, and with our leadership team as well. And I said, what is it do you think that the society is feeling right now? And almost everybody I speak to, they're saying they just feel burnt out. Raise your hand if you've had any sense of like, I, don't, I just want to go back to bed. <sighs> I mean, right now you do. I mean, I get that. That's okay. But this spentness, this burnt outness, it's almost like a spirit of this age that's sort of bogging us down. This sense of, I don't want to try anymore. It's too hard. Oh, I got to wear a mask again. Oh, I got to get in an argument again. Oh, I got to see those family members again. <sighs> Nevertheless, Mark 4 comes to us, and Jesus says in uh, just a, a frame that is about his love. It's about the kingdom. It's about a life. It's about hope. But when you bring a lamp into a room, do you put it under a bucket or a bed? Of course not. It goes on a lampstand. How many of you have woken up over the last couple of years and you said, oh, just show me to the world and I'll be bright for them. That's the first thing you set up when, after you went on social media, you said, oh, you just, I'm going to change the world. Woo! And you're on fire. No, more likely you have felt like, oh, how am I going to get the energy to do what I need to do today? Another hurdle, another conversation. 
uh, something called provider burnout for nurses and for caretakers and doctors because the occupational hazards, and you teachers who are here, you can understand this, there have been occupational hazards, national versus locally scaled response, process inefficiencies, we can't do things the way that we used to, and financial instability, am I going to be funded for this? Who's going to pay for this? It creates provider burnout. There's a prevalence of depression and anxiety symptoms uh, that doubled. Uh, estimates say that uh, the, uh, it, it, the rates were higher, collected later in the pandemic in older, older adolescents and especially girls. That because of what's going on, there's a burden that's happening, especially in teenagers. There was one student, a university student, they confided uh, an interviewer about the inability to concentrate for many reasons, but one was because her uncle was battling COVID. Two football players shared the pressure that they felt for pandemic-era athletes with virus worries and having to meet academic requirements. If you watched any of the Olympics, you saw that people that had trained for years for their one moment, you only get one shot, and they tested positive for COVID, and they couldn't, they couldn't play that game that they've been training for for so long. It had become their life. Others couldn't afford the digital textbooks. This is more college students. The digital textbooks that they were trying to get, they couldn't afford them. They tried to jam all their coursework into two weeks. Students feeling lost. There was no community of peers anymore that they could sit nearby for support. Marriages feeling paralyzed because everybody's foundation of identity is sort of moving around. My work has changed. How I relate to other people has changed. I can't be who I am anymore. And so that stresses marriages. What goes on with kids? If marriages, if they have kids, there's different stresses that way. I got to tell you, as a pastor, it's been a stressful season. There have been times where I said, man, I just, I don't know if I have anything to give. Uh, on top of that, people coming up to me saying, Pastor, you don't have anything to give. <laughs> we deal with one another in our criticisms, and, and yet God says, you are a lamp. You're not meant to go underneath a mattress or a bucket you're meant to go on a lampstand. And I go to Jesus and I go, I'm not sure I want to be there. I'm not sure I want to show up as you imagine I could. I don't know if it means what you think it means. I was talking to a friend of mine and, and their marriage is tough right now. And uh, gosh, the kind of strength that's necessary to have grace for one another these days. It's the same that's been needed forever, but there's just so much more tension on society. If all we had to show up with was what we got from one another, what a scary world that would be. We don't have what it takes to give to one another. And yet God says, I've made you something that's worth showing up for. I've made you something worth showing to the world Uh, I know some loving people in here. I want you to take Michael Seaman. You're such a bright light to me here. I want you to take one of these. Uh, Miss Kay, you are super bright. 
to me. Oh, you're going to take one of these. I'm going to give it to you. Who else? Ian, would you take one of these here? Super bright person to me. Always showing up with a smile. My goodness. Robert, you've got to take one of these. And Bruce, you too. If you, these guys, look, they have smiles and they don't even know. They're so excited though. Look, they're so bright. Angela, would you come and get one? Do you have the strength to come get one? Or should I bring one? Too? Oh, I didn't light it right. Oh, Miss Angela, you're so bright. We've got some lights around the room, don't we? I've got one. Oh, and kids. Oh, any kids in the room? Do we have any? Teenagers? Oh, would you come and get a flashlight? I'm not giving you fire. Just, <laughs> it's all in Sunday, not all in fire day. Kids, come get a flashlight. Here. You guys are bright. There's nothing that's going to shut. Here, you want to give it to your sibling? There you go. Who else? Any other? I know we got kids all over the place today. Sometimes I go into the world feeling like, all right, I've ramped up the courage. I'm ready to go. God's given me something. Here we go. And then what happens? You go out into the world. Where's Elias? Is he outside? Yeah, would you get him? Because he needs to wrestle me and he's going to love it. I mean, what's better for an 11-year-old boy than wrestling his dad with fire? Elias, here's what I want you to do. You can take your mask off. I want you to blow out this candle the best you can, but I'm going to try to keep you from it. And nobody was injured, except I don't have any light anymore. Yeah, again would be great, but I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't want to show my light anymore. I brought it out into the world, and what happened? It got blown out. There's something about this light, though. The truth of it is that it's inevitable. The light that God's given us when he transforms our hearts is going to last forever. At some point, the lights of evil and the lights of destruction in this world, in the Proverbs, there's all kinds of scriptures. The lights of evil ones will go out. The candles, the lamps of them will go out. Don't blow them all out. Oh, yeah, you can take a flashlight. Just don't show it in people's eyes because that's painful. It's inevitable that God's kingdom is going to come. And at the end of the age, his love will rule the day. But in the meantime, what do I do? Because I've gone out into the world and I've been obedient to Jesus. He said, your light is not worth putting under a mattress. It's worth putting on a lampstand. And then what happens? We get wrestled down, don't we? By whatever stress is and whatever. So thankfully, I get to go to somebody else in the church whose hands are burning because the wax is melting all over them. 
and I get to light it again. I get to be reminded by somebody else who's carrying a light and saying, John, God's kingdom is real. His love is worth carrying. You can do this. I believe in you. And I go, yes, that's right. Even though it gets blown out. The truth is, about light, when we take our lamps and go into the world, the natural reaction of the world is to blow it out. Why? Because what is seen in the world is no hope at all. If, you, if all you had was the news, if all you had was your own sufferings, I mean, there's plenty in here that have gone through cancer, arthritis, whatever. If that's all you had, it'd be crazy to believe that light was real and worth carrying. Why not just accept this is going to be a year of suffering with no hope at all? Except, Michael, we need to have Chick-fil-A yeah. in the park again. Yeah. And Michael and I have Chick-fil-A at the park, and I go out into the world... And then I say, Angela, you guys have been through so much. Can I pray for you? And she says, you know what, John? God's so good to me. Let me pray for you. And I say, oh, Bruce, I don't know what we're going to do. Elias felt so alone. He was our youth ministry and everything. He said, John, you just need to be obedient to Jesus. He's going to take care of the rest of it. But, but Robert, we want to buy this home for the homeless, but the bank says our church is too small, and what are we going to do? Aren't we going to be able to serve the homeless as a church? And Robert says, you know what? The second that we got something, I'll even do some work for it. Don't worry about it. I say, but Ian! Is it even worth being non-political in this world and just talking about Jesus? And Ian goes, yeah, we, you just got to share hope of what can happen with family. It's going to be all right. <laughs> We're meant to be obedient to Jesus, and that's the measure of success. We show up in the world with love, not because it's convenient, or because it's easy, or because it's unopposed. In fact, to the world, showing up with light on a lampstand in the midst of crazy is crazy. Um. What do you mean that Jesus' love could change people? What do you mean that he can heal you? What do you mean that your marriage could be reconciled even though you've been wrecked for years? Carrying a lampstand in this season is absolutely crazy. No, I mean like just like running into it. Running, yeah, with, it's like the Olympics. I know it's crazy. Thanks for your help. Okay. Yeah, I know. You're going to keep, you can blow it up later. Sometimes we expect Christianity or faith or believing in Jesus to be this place that we get to. That at the end of the day, as long as I survive, God's going to take care of me. I'll go to heaven and that's it. What Jesus is saying here is, 
The kingdom of heaven, my kingdom, my kingdom of love is actually the place you come from and go out into the world. Sometimes I don't have Michael or Ian or whoever in the room. I have to go to him in the morning and say, Jesus, I got beat up yesterday. I don't feel like I've got it for today. And he reminds me of who I am, of my identity, and his identity of love in the world that I get to carry. And you know what? Sometimes I don't do it well. Sometimes this is, I, I'll go out into the world and I'll run so fast that it's, it's I burn out. Some people are laughing. They're saying, oh yeah, we know how you burn out, John. Sometimes I bring a light that's not fit for the occasion. It's a campfire and somebody just needs just a little bit of love. But it doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to go out into the world as a lamp be put on a lampstand. And Jesus says something that goes against what our normal expectations is. As we keep going through the verse, he says, the measure you have, if not used, will be taken away. The measure that you have, if not used, will be taken away. How many of us have decided, maybe not actively, but passively, I am not going to show up big today? Because I do not want to be knocked down again. I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to love people. You know what? I'm not going to make my bed. Because I know if my spouse sees that I made my, my bed. That they're going to take that as love. And I don't want them to feel love today. That's real for some of you. That's real. That's weird. But it's real. And God says, I want you to show up. And if you don't show up, the same measure and scales that you use against those people in the world are going to be used against you too. That's hard. God is saying, if you trust me and you show up, I will fill you up. If you don't show up, what you think you don't have, even that small amount is going to be taken away. So many of us feel like, and I just don't have it. I just can't do it. Let other people do it. I'm burnt out. I don't have the capacity for that. And there are good places of responsibility there. But Jesus says, if you don't be my light of the kingdom, if you don't come to me for the source, for the community of Christ, if you don't go to one another and keep accountable to the identity that I've given you as the light of the kingdom of love, this basic of faith, love me, love your neighbor. If you don't remember who you are and show up as I've called you to show up, you think you feel burnt out now? You're going to be toast. It's hard. It's hard because what love looks like We've experienced. You ever been forgiven? I was talking to a friend of mine about that moment. You spouses, oh my goodness. And you go to the budget and you've been overdrawn. And you see where the other person spent money and it blew you out of the water. And all of a sudden there's a conflict about it. But then you're forgiven, really forgiven. And that burden's erased being served again and again, being remembered again and again, being protected again and again, being encouraged again and again, 
being prioritized again and again. We know what that love looks like, don't we? Everyone knows what it looks like. And we know what it feels like. It gives us a sense of hope. When we look out in the world and we don't see that love, and all we see are the lamps of evil people, but somebody loves us with a love you know is not their own, it gives us a sense of hope. We can breathe again. We don't feel so stuck anymore. We get clarity. We know what we need to do. We know what we're made for. It, that light gets shared. It's strength. It's we can do it. What it looks like in a practical way is admitting that we're tired and blown out. Saying, yeah, this is what happens. And if you feel blown out, welcome to humanity. But the truth is, is that Jesus promises that we come back to him. He gives us community to come around. He says, I've made you a lamp. And lamps don't get put under the mattress. They don't get put under a bucket. Lamps go on lampstands, so it's time to go. And I will fill you up. The basics of love God and love your neighbor are simple. But we need him to do it. So, Destiny, you're going to lead us in more worship this morning. Worship team, you're going to come again and bring us to a place of life. There was a prayer team praying for you ahead of time, and they had some specific words that they hoped that God would use. Someone who's feeling overwhelmed, someone who's been yearning for a deeper connection with God. You who have candles, if it's burning you, you can put it out. It's okay. But there are some of you here who need some prayer this morning. And so there's a prayer team that's going to be available for you in this corner as a worship team is worshiping. If you felt overwhelmed, if you feel like you need to be filled up again, if you know you're meant to be a light but you haven't felt like a light and you don't know what's wrong and you want God to heal you, if you have any emotional, physical, or spiritual need, if there's anything that's keeping you from being who God's called you to be, we want you to come and get prayer today. God wants to bless you. He wants to make you and set you free to give you life so that we can continue to be partners with him in sharing light to the world. So Destiny, would you continue to lead us as this ministry happens? You may have some other things God's telling you to share with us. and uh, Let's stand and worship. Let's continue to worship and give space for folks to go get ministry as well.
Boundless grace, the 
that he gave us, we love him first. He says it all throughout scripture. And because of that love, we have the power to love others. So if we can just ask him to help instill in us more of him and build our lives according to him. Worthy of every song.
In this moment, this is a song I grew up with, and I would just like it to be a prayer of mine, and you are welcome to join me in, in with me, sorry. But it's just us earnestly asking that we seek his face, and may this go with you as you go throughout your week, because we don't seek his face just on Sunday. As we seek your face, may we know. There are some of you here, God's calling you to something big, uh, taking risks, knowing that he's got something for you to invest into the world that's bigger than you, uh, and you need him. There's some of you that have never had an experience with Jesus before, so the whole idea of carrying light forward is just weird. And so I want to take a moment and just welcome Jesus into all of it. Would you pray with me, especially those who have, have never really trusted in him, to give you the life that's needed for this world. Lord Jesus Christ, I am so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. 
pleased to come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a light that God gives us. It's himself. He says, I'll make a home in you. My kingdom will be established in you. I will guide you forward. You're mine. So I receive this blessing as you go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would be filled with him, with our Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let out on adventure, in boldness, in courage, to be who he's called you to be in this world. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you know a teacher, we're going to be giving these luggage tags. Or if you know a child in your life that say, be bold and courageous. It's got uh, a Joshua verse on, on there that says, God says, I will be with you wherever you go. We'd love for you to take that luggage tag for them. Uh, they're at the door for you. And uh, have a great week. Connect with a small group. Get some support. Get lit up. Not in bad ways. In good ways by the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless you.